Well, this morning, I've titled our message, Prayer and Evangelism. So, we're going to talk about prayer, and we're going to talk about how it relates to evangelism. So imagine that. Well, we're con uh, continuing our series on prayer that we have been uh, doing over the past weeks, our 40 days of prayer. And we've been talking about the aspects of prayer and the importance of prayer. The first week we talked about the holiness of God and how understanding His holiness brings us to a point of humility, worship, and a commitment to advancing His name and His kingdom. And then the second week we talked about repentance and we talked about uh, the necessity of examining our hearts and our lives and our actions and making sure they line up with who we are in Christ. And last week we talked about where our power and our strength comes from and we, how we need to draw strength from Christ and the Holy Spirit and how we need to live empowered. Well, today we're going to talk about evangelism and prayer. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and we're, turn to Colossians chapter 4 with me. If you didn't bring a Bible, there's Bibles in your pews and as always, I'll have all the scripture up on the screen as we go along. And this is what Paul says to the church in Colossae. He says this, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Don't forget to pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to preach about his secret plan, that Christ is also for you, Gentiles. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not Christians, and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and effective so that you will have the right answer for everyone. Now, there's an outline in the bulletin if you want to follow along as we go. I have a few points. You can write some notes in there if I say something that speaks to you. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is the front lines. In a war, the front line is referred, to, uh, is referred to as the place where the fiercest fighting is taking place. It's where the army is standing face to face with the enemy. It's almost always the most dangerous place on the battlefield. And it is the place where most casualties happen. A soldier who is on the front lines always has to be on their guard, and there is little rest for them. Now, we need to pray for those who are on the front lines of evangelism. I'm talking about those who serve as missionaries and those who serve as difficult places, but let's talk about missionaries for a second. Uh, you may not understand this, but as part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, we are a denomination that has more missionaries per capita. In other words, the ratio of the number of people who are part of the Alliance and the number of people who are missionaries, we have a, we have a, a ratio per capita higher than any other denomination in the world when it comes to missionaries. Do, does that mean we have the most missionaries? No. But that means in the CMA, you're getting the most bang for your buck, if we can put it that way. Our missionaries are awesome. You've, if you've been part of our church for a while, you've met many of them. I have uh, several friends who are out on the missions field. There are currently over 700 workers in the missions field right now in the Christian Missionary Alliance, serving in over 70 different countries. 
These workers are in areas where they face great opposition. In fact, we can talk about missionaries who are serving in Germany and France and other countries. And then you'll hear us refer to missionaries who are serving in what we call creative access. What that means is they are missionaries who are in country that, countries that don't allow Christians. And they're in countries that uh, you're not supposed to talk about Jesus. And they're there serving as doing other things, but also serving as missionaries in the same way. These workers are in areas that face great opposition, where at times they are literally face-to-face with the enemy of the gospel. And in many many cases, some of the most dangerous places in the world. It's a mission with very little rest. Friends, we need to hold those individuals up in prayer because they need our prayer. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, we looked at this. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, Paul says, with an alert mind and a thankful heart. We need to be devoted to prayer. Well, how do we devote ourselves to prayer? Because honestly, prayer is not one of the most exciting things we experience in this life. Let's be honest. But prayer is such an important and valuable tool. How do we pray devotedly? Well, I believe that we only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember last week we talked about living in the Spirit. We talked about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to prompt us to do that and is going to give us the commitment to that. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is eating with uh, the disciples, and it says, in one of these meetings, as he was eating a meal with them, he told them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what he promised. Remember, I told you about this. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit coming. Because Jesus knew that his disciples would not be able to do all the things that Christ had called them to do unless they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing with us. All that we are called to do as we read Paul's letters and other parts of Scripture, we do through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. When we pray, we should pray at all times in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. He says this, Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. So Paul has told two different churches the same thing. We need to pray and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to never stop praying. We need to pray constantly, Paul says. And what does that mean? That means that I'm, I'm not doing it right right now because I'm not praying right now. What it means is we should always have an attitude of prayer. That attitude of being in the presence of God. That attitude of communicating with God. And that attitude is anything comes along. You know, one of the little things I do, and I don't know if you've ever think about this, um, a few times a week at least as I'm working in my office, I'll hear an ambulance or a police car go by. Whenever that happens, I stop and I pray. Lord, I don't know what's going on there, Lord, but I pray that you're working in that situation. I pray protection for those police officers. I pray for whoever that ambulance is, is rushing to. That's having an attitude of prayer. That's being in a constant mindset of prayer. Keep on praying, Paul says. And here's another thing he says in those two passages we just recently read, is that um, we need to be alert. 
Paul says, be alert. Look what he says here. He says, he says, have an alert mind. And then he says, stay alert. Well, what does that mean to be alert? What that means is to be focused on the right things. Focused on the conversation with God. Constantly being mindful of that. It also means this, is that when we are alert, it means we are aware. We are aware of things. And why is it important to be aware of things and what's going on? The reason it is is because when we pray, we should pray intelligently, friends. Know who you are praying for. When you pray for missionaries, know who you're praying for. Pray for them by name. Know what you are praying about. Now, why do we do this? Because God doesn't know what's going on and we've got to keep God informed? No. We do this for our benefit. And the cool thing is that when we pray intelligently and when we pray specifically, we see God answer prayer specifically where there is no doubt that this is God working. It's awesome awesome thing. Now, I have to throw in a disclaimer here because I know how we can be as human beings and sinful creatures. Don't use this as an excuse. Well, pastor said I have to pray intelligently and I just don't know anything about the missionaries, so I just shouldn't pray for them because I can't pray intelligently. That's not an excuse, friends. Don't use that as an excuse because, friends, there are plenty of resources so that we can learn more about the missionaries in the denomination or even outside the denomination. The website www.cmalliance.org. There's Alliance Life magazine. If you ever want to read it, I get every issue. I'm happy to loan them out. There are some people who borrow them from me. There are other things on the website that will tell you about the different missionaries. We've had missionaries that come through. How many people are on emailing lists of some of our missionaries? A lot of us are. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can hear what they're doing. I can't wait to hear from them and hear what God is doing so that I know how specifically I can pray for them. Stay alert. Pray intelligently, okay? We need to pray also with a thankful heart. Paul wrote the letter that we're looking at this morning from captivity. He said we need to be thankful in all circumstances. Paul says he's being thankful in the midst of a jail cell? Look what he said in, in 1 Thessalonians. He said this, no matter what happens, always be thankful. That's an interesting word, always. If, you're, if you find that in your Bible, that's not a bad word to underline. Always be thankful. Why? Because God is still God. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I was having a conversation even this morning with someone and we were talking about some of the things that are going on in our country right now and some of the decisions that are being made in politics that really can sadden our hearts, especially in the arena of abortion and some other things. Well, we have to remember that God is still God. He's still sovereign. He's still in control. And in the moment, we may be looking at these things going, what is going on here? But we need to rest in Jesus Christ. We need to be thankful no matter what. That doesn't mean we need to be thankful for the bad things, but we can be thankful for the fact that we know that God is still sovereign. We need to be thankful that we know that God is still sovereign, right? Amen. Thank you. We need to be thankful for that, of course. And we need to always find things to be thankful for because we have so much to be thankful for. So, let's talk about opportunities for a little bit here. We need to pray for opportunities to share the gospel. 
And this uh, opportunities for us and opportunities for others. Look what Paul says in the next couple verses in Colossians. He says, don't forget to pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to preach about his secret plan, that Christ is also for you Gentiles. That's why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And one of the things I thought about is we need to pray, again, thinking about the frontline people, we need to pray for those pastors who are church planters. Church planters are people who come into a community and start a church. It's not that easy. It's not that easy, friends. What a luxury. I, I've been here for ten and a half years already. Now, I came here. There was already a church here. There were already people here. I wasn't starting a church. People do what, what we call helicopter drops, where they'll drop a, a pastor and a wife, or maybe two pastors and, and their wives and their families, into a community where there is no Alliance Church, and they'll start a church. They'll meet people around town, start a Bible study, then they'll get people together and eventually try to do a church. That's front lines work, people. We need to pray for them. Paul says, don't, don't forget to pray for us too. That's what Paul his work was, the front lines work always. It says, pray that they have wisdom, Paul says. Pray that we're smart about what we're doing. Look what the, it says in the book of James. James said this. He said, if you need wisdom, and if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. It's kind of a duh, right? Ask him. And he will gladly tell you. He will not resent your asking, but when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. For a doubtful mind is, an uns is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Friend, when we pray for others to have wisdom and even ourselves to do the work of God, we need to pray expecting that God will give them wisdom and that God will give us wisdom. Sounds like a silly thing, but we need to remind ourselves. It's like, oh God, if there's a slight chance, maybe you can... No, God... We pray that they have the wisdom to do the work you're calling them to do. God, we pray that they would have the resources to do what you're calling them to do and to be who you're calling them to be. Those are obvious prayers. And we should pray expecting that God will be responding. We need to pray that they will have renewed energy. Look what it says in Galatians 6. It says, don't, so don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. Serving God can be exhausting, friends. I've always said this, if you're in ministry, and if you're looking for instant results, you're in the wrong occupation. Because that's not how ministry works. We see people working for many, many years. Pray for open doors for the word of God to be spread. Pray for open doors. We serve a God of open doors. Revelation 3, Jesus said this. We just looked at this uh, passage a couple weeks ago. Jesus said this to the church in Sardis. He said, I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can shut. Let me read that again. I have opened a door for you that no one can shut. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. God, Jesus says, I've opened a door that no one can shut. Friends, no man or no evil can close the doors that God opens. 
As we pray for God to open doors, these are doors that cannot be closed by anyone or anything but God. Paul says, pray for a clear proclamation of the gospel. Verse 4 again, it says, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And you should pray this for everyone. Pray that God would give them Uh, the right words. Pray for their preparation time as they're ready to lead a Bible study. Um, Pray for our people in our church who are working in broken chains ministry. Pray for Bob. Pray for Mary that as they prepare their lessons and their Bible studies. Pray for our Bible study leaders. Pray for our Sunday school teachers. Pray for me as we prepare to teach and we prepare to do lessons. Pray for that time that God will direct us in a manner to communicate what he wants us to communicate through his words. Pray for them as they prepare. Pray for them as they present and proclaim. It is amazing that God will give you the words that you need to say for the right people to hear what they need to hear. God will do that. He is so faithful, and the Holy Spirit is so awesome. There are many times, honestly, when I'll preach on a Sunday where somebody will come to me afterwards or a couple weeks later and say, Pastor, you know, when you said whatever, that really spoke to me. And I'm going, when did I say that? Sometimes I'll go back and look at my notes, and it's not in my notes. That's God. Pray for the response of people that they communicate God's truth to. Pray that they will hear God's truth. Pray that they will be receptive to God's truth, that they will understand the truth of God's word as well. Pray for these things. Pray for these opportunities because they're there, friends. Which brings me to our third idea this morning, and it is this, living wisely. Now, this last part is all about us. I've been talking about praying for others this morning, but this is really about us. As we pray for others to share the gospel, as we pray for others to have open doors, as we pray for others to give a clear proclamation of the gospel, we need to pray the same thing for ourselves and for our church, friends. It's not they do evangelism. It's not they reach the lost. It's we do evangelism. We reach the lost. We need to pray the same things. Look at what Paul says again to the church in Colossae. Uh, Yep, oops, I goofed. There. He says, living wisely among those who are not Christians... Live wisely among those who are not Christians and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and effective so that you will have the right answer for everyone. Friends, we must live wisely among non-believers, among unbelievers. We must live wisely to those who are not Christians. We must always conduct ourselves honorably, friends, and hear me on this. We must live in a manner that honors God. Look what uh, Peter said about this. He said this. He said, be careful how you live among your unbelieving neighbors. Even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will believe and give honor to God when he comes to judge the world. Friends, we must live a lifestyle that draws people to Christ. Not a lifestyle that drives people from Christ. Now, what do I mean by that? When people look at us, they must see different things. First of all, they must see that there's something different about us. 
that there's something unique about us. But they must also see all the other things about us. Uh, They must see the joy of Christ within us. They must see our confidence that God is in control. They must see that we understand that God knows what we're doing. They must see that we put our faith and our hope and our trust and our joy in Jesus Christ. Because, friends, if they see us as Christians who, from their perspective, oh, they just follow a bunch of rules and they're miserable. You're you're not living a life that draws people to Jesus. Because why would they want that? Oh, I don't want to be like them. They're miserable. No. No. We need to communicate the joy of Christ. We need to communicate our love for others. We need to be able to live a life that draws people to Jesus. Do you hear me? Okay, now listen. And we must also make the most of every opportunity. Paul said, make the most of every opportunity. When presented with opportunities to share the good news of the gospel, we must seize them. Because, friends, after all, if we pray for opportunities to share the gospel, the Lord is going to give us those opportunities. Duh! If we pray for them, God is going to give us those opportunities. There's an awesome song that was written many years ago by a Christian group called Casting Crowns. And the name of the song is Here I Go Again. And I want to read you some of the words to the song. And it says this. It says, Father, hear my prayer. I need the perfect words, words that he will hear and know that they're straight from you. I don't know what to say. I only know it hurts to see my friend, see my only friend, slowly fade away. So maybe this time I'll speak the words of life with your fire in my eyes. But that old familiar fear is is tearing at my words. What am I so afraid of? Because here I go again. Talking about the rain and mulling over things that won't live past a day. And as I dance around the truth, time is not his friends. This might be the last chance to tell him that you love him. But here I go again. Friends, when we pray for opportunities, we need to pray for courage. And again, all that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for the courage to step forward in those opportunities. Don't waste time, friends. Don't waste time. In 2 Thessalonians, it says this, and now, and we're again, realize we're still talking about how we should live and live wisely. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command with the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from any Christian who lives in idleness and doesn't follow the tradition of hard work we gave you. For you know that you ought to follow our example. We were never lazy when we were with you, yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work, and wasting time meddling in other people's business. Hmm. Paul says we need to be careful here. Because, friends, there are so many things that can distract us from the cause of Jesus Christ. And, friends, the truth is, because we're sinful people, we're pretty easily distracted, aren't we? I think we all have spiritual ADD. You know what I mean? Who was it who said it? It might have been C.S. Lewis. When it comes time to spend time with the Lord, something as simple as the angle of the lampshade can distract us from seeking God. 
What was he saying? We have spiritual ADD, right? The littlest things draw us away from Jesus. When I'm praying in the morning, I have a notepad next to me. Because as I start praying for my day and I start praying for what's going on, things start coming to mind. So what do I do? I write it down so I can stop thinking about it. I write it down. I write it down. I write it down. And some days that sheet of paper has several things. Other days it has nothing. But the point is, we can't be distracted, friends. We can't be distracted when it comes to talking to others about Jesus. We could talk about something else because that's easy. But we need to have the courage. We need to have engaging conversations to get a meaningful response from people we talk to about Jesus. We need to have engaging conversations to get a meaningful response. Make sure your conversations are usable by God. Just as our lives need to draw people to Christ, our conversations need to be usable by God for people's eyes and hearts to be open to the truth. We must always keep this goal in mind, okay? Make sure your conversation is usable by God. Sometimes when we talk to people about Jesus, we can get so caught up in things that before we know it, we're not having a conversation anymore. Now we're having a debate or an argument or a fight. We need to keep in mind what we're doing. And keep in mind that our conversation can be usable by God. Because, friends, winning an argument doesn't win a soul for the kingdom. Sometimes it does exactly the opposite. We need to let love always be our motivation. When people, I love when people say, why are you sharing this with me? Because I love you. Because I don't want you to go through this life not knowing the truth. I want you to have the greatest life possible. And the greatest life you can possibly have in this world is a life in Jesus Christ. That's what we need to communicate to people, that we are sharing in love. Because when you're sharing in love, you don't fight. When you're sharing in love, you don't argue. Let people see your heart. And when they say, wow, you're a caring person. Well, no, I'm not worth much anything, but my Jesus sure is. My Jesus is awesome. Colossians 4, 6, Paul said this. He said, let your conversation be gracious and effective so that you will have the right answer for everyone. I love the way that's worded. Let your conversation be gracious and effective so that you'll have the right answer for everyone. Make sure your conversation is usable by God. Because, friends, we need to preserve the message of Jesus Christ. We need to protect the message of Jesus Christ. We need to communicate and promote the message of Jesus Christ. In Titus, Paul said this. He said this in regarding the elders of the church, but I believe this applies to all of us. He said, he or she or they must have a strong and steadfast belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with right teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. So we need to have a firm and steadfast belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we're going to communicate this truth, we've got to buy into it, right, friends? 
We need to be passionate about it. One of the things that I always appreciated in, in when I was in school, in, in high school and junior high, I had a math teacher. This is so weird, but I had a math teacher who was passionate about math. His name was Mr. Cast. I'm sorry, Jen, I know you're passionate about math, too. He was passionate about math. He made algebra sound exciting. And I look back on that now, and I'm like, well, he had to. You got a bunch of 15-year-olds in your class going, uh, right? It's just math. But he was passionate about math. And you know what? He was the best math teacher I ever had, even including all my calculus teachers and that in college. He was the best math best math teacher I ever had because he was passionate about what he taught. Because when you are passionate about what you're sharing with others, your passion shines through. You can't say, well, you need to come to Jesus because he's, he's awesome and he loves you and your life will be changed forever and I have found eternal joy in Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, right, great. That sounds wonderful, right? If our passion shines through as we share the truth, the, those individuals will see that. They will see that love, that passion. And friends, we must grow in the ability to gracefully defend the message of the gospel. We must be able to communicate the truth of God's word because, friends, we all have a testimony as to how we were redeemed by Jesus Christ. We all have stories of how we have seen Christ work in our lives. That's the truth. But how many times have you shared those stories with others? Are there friends or even family members who you've never shared those stories with? Hmm. Those are tough questions, aren't they? Friends, we need to live wisely with a wisdom that comes from God. A wisdom that helps us to see and seize opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. That's why we're here, friends. That's why we're here, amen? amen? Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word and your truth, and I pray that as we spend time praying about opportunities, that we will expect opportunities. Lord, give us the courage to think through and talk through the truth of the gospel with others. They may, they may know your truth, they may see your truth, and come to know Christ as their Savior and Lord. We thank you for that. So we pray today that you would empower us by your Spirit so that we can share the good news of Jesus Christ with others and bring you glory and honor along the way. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.